This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. We're to acknowledge the leader and pastor who are among us. I know that's something that I, I had been myself. I was taught always to submit and to, to learn. And I remember there was a pastor who told me years ago, I don't know why he told me this, but I was in my teens. He says, he said, Eddie, in order to have authority, you have to learn how to submit to authority. And there are people who love to be in the position of authority, but they don't like authority. And you're not talking about what you do, but also the heart. It's the heart. Submission. The leaders and pastors among you are given to you by God, and they're there to help you grow, to give you wisdom, to correct you, and to lead you. Today, Pastor Eddie will encourage you to submit to your leadership. Submission isn't always easy. It takes humility and respect. But your leaders have great faith in God and give their hearts to you in this call. So, out of love, esteem them, respect them, and help them however you can. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 as he begins his message, Exhortations, Blessings, and Admonition. Let us open our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to read from verses 12 through 28. Paul writes, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them, esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, Uphold the weak, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourself and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies. Test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from Every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, and all God's people say, amen. Well, in our last study, we looked at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. It dealt with the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord. And whenever we see that phrase in the scripture from Genesis to Revelation, uh, the day of the Lord, we know that it speaks and points to the day the Lord would actively, actively intervene 
uh, in history to bring down judgment, his wrath on the world that has rejected his son, Jesus Christ, which is the only way of salvation. And it's mentioned 32 times in the entire Bible. And that, obviously, as we see in our study, that it will take place after the rapture of the church. So whenever you read the day of the Lord or the judgment that's being poured onto this earth, whenever you read Revelation chapter 6 to 19, and you see all the, uh, the, the, the war and all the evil, demonic spirits that are going to come from the ground and all these weird things, you're not going to be here for that. And the only way you can escape that is by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. And so that the, Lord, the day of the Lord would happen right after the church, the rapture of the church, and that's going to take place seven years from what we see in the book of Revelation. And so with that in mind, Paul tells us how we are to walk in anticipation of his coming. How you and I are to, are to walk in this world as believers in Jesus Christ in anticipation of his coming. He says in verse 4, but you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overcome, overtake you as a thief. You are also all sons of the light and sons of the day who are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as, other, as others do. But let us watch and be sober, for God did not appoint us, in verse 9, he did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are not appointed to wrath. So the day of the, day of the Lord, we will not be here. The church will be in heaven. And so every believer in Christ who accepted Jesus, who was born again, will be raptured. As Paul writes here, as we find throughout Scripture, we are not appointed to the wrath of God. Why would God judge those who accept him? Why would God judge his church? Why would God judge the saints? Abraham did not have the Bible, but he knew the Lord. He said, Lord, it is not like you to judge the righteous with the wicked. We're righteous not by anything we have done, but we're righteous because we put on the righteousness of Christ. Positionally, we we are righteous. We're righteous, positionally who we are in Christ. And so God does not judge the righteous with the wicked. That brings us to verses 12 to 28. And then Paul is closing his first letter to the Thessalonians. He wrote two, as you see the pages next to you, uh, you'll see 2 Thessalonians. So he's closing his letter with various exhortation, blessings, and admonitions. So in verse 12 to 22, Paul will give us the various exhortation, things we ought to do. Last-minute things he's writing. He's just trying to fill in all he can at the close of his letter to encourage this new church, this young church, uh, who's on fire for Jesus, growing, even in the midst of persecution. He's giving them some encouragement. And so he gives them various exhortations. In verses 23 to 28, he'll close his letter with blessings and admonitions. And so let us read. We read our text. Let us study it verse by verse. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. Let's look at verse 12. He says, We urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Remember that there were those in the church of Thessalonians, they heard about the coming of Christ, and right away, as many uh, throughout church history, when they hear the coming of the Lord, right away they set a date, and they sell everything they have, and they go up in the mountain, and they dress as some kind of crazy outfit, um, and we don't know the day nor the hour, but this kind of happened uh, a little bit with the, the church of Thessalonica. They did not understand. They thought those who had died would miss the rapture of the church. So Paul had to make it clear. But some of them, they, they, they left their jobs. They quit their jobs, and they were kind of mooching off the others. And they say, oh, if you love me, brother, you would take care of me. You would feed me. Meanwhile, they wait, and they just hang around at home. 
Uh, and so Paul is, is um, letting him know, hey, listen, you've been rebuked, obviously. You've been corrected by those who are over you. Uh, apparently, there was leaders in the church of Thessalonica, and they didn't take the rebuke too well. And so Paul addresses this issue, and he, this issue, and he encourages them to have the right attitude and support and respect for the leaders and pastors of the church. So he says, we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonishes you. So first, we ought to recognize, to acknowledge, acknowledge the leader and the pastor. Uh, by the way, that's me, just in case. <laughs> this is great. I'm going to Matter of fact, we're just going to stick with these two verses, 12 and 12. <laughs> Not just kidding. We're to acknowledge the leader and pastor who are among us. I know that's something that I, I had been myself. I was taught always to submit and to, to learn. And I remember there was a pastor who told me years ago, I don't know why he told me this, but I was in my teens. He says, he said, Eddie, in order to have authority, you have to learn how to submit to authority. And there are people who love to be in the position of authority, but they don't like authority. And you're not talking about what you do, but also the heart. It's the heart. Submission. The word labor, he says those who labor. The word labor in the Greek is kopio, and it means to toil, to, to be a worrisome, to labor, labor unto extreme fatigue. And when it comes to ministry, believe you me, there is a lot of labor and toil. Now, just in case, um, just in case if you think that the pastor, all he does is preaches on Sundays and golfs Monday through Saturday. Now, there may be some. I know for myself, that's not me, because people think that they don't see you, that, hey, where are you, <laughs> you know? My office, by the way, it's at home since COVID, so I've been at home, uh, so, um, but I know that's not the case, because I know for me, um, there is counseling that takes place inside and out for those who are part of this church and those who are not a part of this church. Counseling people, marriages, families, officiating weddings and funerals, visits to hospitals, for family members, say, Pastor, can you visit my relative? Um, because the COVID, that kind of stopped, but there were visits to hospital, there was house calls. Whereas, we need you here. We, 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 we have a problem in the family. We have a problem with the marriage. There's counseling. Some of them I can actually meet here in my office. Some I visit. Then there's the, the overseeing of the ministries. And you could speak with Pastor John and Vicki, Judy and I, every month. We make sure that we go out and we sit down and we just get to at least be friends. <laughs> because sometimes we're so, every time we see each other, we're so busy with ministry. But, you know, we get feedback. Because now I'm not, I don't lead this church by myself. But we oversee all the ministry and I check with them. How's the children's ministry? How's the men's ministry? How are the other ministries that are taking place as far as, you know, ushering, greening, all these things? And then... Believe it or not, I'm in every women's ministry. Not that I sit and study with them. You ladies never. But, you know, I cannot let the ladies be here by themselves. For me, it's, it's, it's just a police thing in me. That's it. I got to be in the office, make sure if anything happens, I'm here. But I'm, I'm going over my studies while I'm there. So that I, I'm there for a security level. I oversee the worship ministry. You know, I set the schedules. And you could speak with them. They get the emails every week with the song list, with the sheet music, the sound. We make sure the sound, everything is going well. The PowerPoint presentation that you see, in, in, in whether it's, you know, Wednesday nights or, or Sunday, 
I put those things together. I designed that, the graph. I do all the graphic design for those things. Also for the website, I update the website every week, and I do the graphics for that as well. I'm gonna give you some more lists. I'm only halfway. We got another hour. Just kidding. No. And then there is those. Is not you know you know it goes without mentioning the hours and days that I put in to giving the study and actually looking at the text, going over it over and over again, looking at commentaries, looking at the Hebrew, the Greek words, and if it's in Hebrew, looking at the culture, the background, everything in relation to the text. That's why we have a great Bible study because there's hours, literally hours and sometimes days throughout the whole week. I'm already studying Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 1. I'm ahead of the game. But it's a lot of hours in the study. And that's not to mention the spiritual warfare that takes place. And that happened this week. Normally we're going to have a baptism. So many things happen. I'm in pain. I got hurt. Judy got hurt. That's why she's not here. You know? She was doing something with the tub and she fell. She hurt her arm. She's okay. But, you know, I told her, Judy, we're not baptizing people in our tub. I told her it was the lake. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. But just keep in prayer. She'll be there. But uh, I told her to stay home, relax. And, uh, but then there's, the, 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 again, the spiritual warfare that takes place in the midst of all that. And so there is labor. And so Paul is telling, hey, recognize those who labor, who labor over you. Now, the writer of Hebrews writes this. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. It says, obey those who rule over you. And be submissive. The word rule over, right away, there's a negative connotation. There's something that, that takes place in, a, in the flesh. When you see that somebody has to rule over you, and you have to submit under that. And we need to check our attitudes with that. I understand there's a lot of people who abuse their authority. I've been under that myself many times. Not only in the church, but also in the secular world. But God knows the heart. And don't, when it, when it comes to those who rule over you and, and for those you have to submit, don't allow that, especially uh, in the house of God. Well, the scripture tells us we must obey our masters, right? In the flesh, meaning secular, you know, your boss, your employees. You just said, said that example. But he said, obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch over your souls, as those who must give an account, I have to give an account. The more I know, the more I'll be judged. The more responsibility given to me over the lives of people, the more I would be judged. That's why I don't take what I do lightly. I know Pastor John as well doesn't take what he does lightly either, and all the other leaders, because we know we will be judged. We will be judged. We have to give an account. And because I have to give an account... You know, they always said in my job, oh, you're left holding the bag, right? You're the one. The responsibility was left. You are left holding the bag. You are held responsible. It was last with you. But because I have to give an account to the Lord, I must seek the Lord in prayer and how to do the ministry. I pray about everything in the ministry. He said, let them do so, speaking about the leaders, let them do so with joy and not with grief. Well, that would be unprofitable for you. You know, obedience from the flock and the congregation makes shepherding uh, and pastoring more joyful. 
I know I hear stories all the time, and I'm grateful because I have I'm part of a network of other pastors, you know, Calvary Chapel pastors, who have been in ministry 20, 30 years. And I'm so grateful I could bounce something off of them. There's an email server that we have that's only exclusively for us where we can share and seek wisdom and advice or we call. And um, I'm so grateful for that fellowship because I, let me tell you something, I don't have it all together. You probably know that already. But, you know, there are challenges, and I've been challenged many times in the leadership. Especially, oh, we should be doing this. Why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? Hey, how come we don't do that? You know, do this. Or why come we don't do it this way? Everybody has their opinion, but when it comes to, okay, you do it. Um, no, but, uh, you know. Or, you know, especially when we first started, we had a lot of people that came from different churches, and they think that our church is to be like your church. But if you want us to be like your church, why did you leave that church in the first place? And so every church is different. Every home is different. You decorate your home different. Your home structure is different within your family. Calvary Chapel, Milford, we're different. We're equal in the sense that we worship the same God. And, we, um, and there are a lot that have the same doctrine that we have. But we're different. We, we're unique. We're not like the church down the road or the church you came from. People always have that. One thing I know is that I can never please people. <laughs> I can never please everybody. But again, since I have to give an account to God, I can't be a man pleaser. I got to be a God pleaser. I say, Lord, all these ideas, they sound great. What do you think, Lord? And I'll put it on a hold for now. Lord, what about this? Okay, do this. What about this? No, don't do that. Yes, there's a need there, but there's a need everywhere. And we as a church can't save the world. You know, we're called to do uh, what we're called to do. And that's one thing I know even for us as, as believers in Christ. Sometimes we feel, oh, there's so much that has to be done in this world. We got to help this. We got to, you know, what's going on in the world. We got to help here, the poor. We can't do everything. What we're called to do and to be is faithful in what God gave you, the response. Whatever ministry God's put in your, in your lap, whatever God, ministry God's given you, you need to be faithful with that. God will take care of the rest. He has other people. You're not the only one. And so we can't. And people say, oh, well, this church is doing that. Well, go help them, (laughs) you know? And we get that all the time. So Paul says, we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you, who are over you in the Lord, and admonish you. The word admonish in the Greek um, is nototeo, and it means to set right, to have a corrective influence on someone. And that's the role of the pastors to have, you know, to set things right, uh, to have a corrective influence of someone. That is what we're here to do. We're here to help you grow. And, and there's, there's times where we need to bring things that are kind of sensitive only because we love you. And we want, to, we want you to grow in your faith. And we want, you to give you, we want to give you scriptures based on what you're going through and to help you so you would grow in your faith. And so the responsibility of the pastors is to set things right, being corre- bringing correction, People love the pastor's encouragement. Oh, Pastor Eddie encouraged me. Oh, Pastor Eddie called me, said he was praying for me. That's so great. But people don't like it when you bring correction. They don't like it. Parents, you know what that's like. <laughs> and, and, and it's needed. There, you, we need to bring, we want to bring warning and biblical correction only because it's in the Bible. And a good shepherd would not, you know, shepherd the flock if he knows one of the sheep has some kind of disease or something. He's going to care for that sheep. 
Nah, let it grow. Yeah, probably, yeah, it'll die off. No, we want you to grow. We want you to have life in Christ. I've been corrected many times, many times. Trust me, I, I was a firecracker. You know, I was uh, one of those guys that would crash into the wall and then ask the questions why I crashed into the wall. And it was only when I got into trouble was when I, was, when I would step back and realize, oh, that wasn't the right thing to do. And that's how it was. I've learned. As you get older, you learn, hey, hold back. <laughs> Examine these things. I've been corrected. It's, and it's a good thing to be corrected. Proverbs 12, verse 1. Whoever loves instructions loves knowledge. But he who hates correction is stupid. I never thought I'd find the word stupid in the Bible. <laughs> Proverbs 15, verse 32. He who disdains instruction despises his own soul. But he who heeds rebuke gets understanding. It's important to learn. The Bible is filled with wisdom. And this is what uh, the role of a pastor is. You know? And I know a lot of pastors are afraid to do it because they want to tickle the ears of people and they want people to keep coming to church. Hopefully they do it the right way. With that said, pastor's authority must not exceed beyond the expression of God's will that's revealed by the Holy Spirit in his word. And I've been under leadership where it was abusive. And I didn't know, I just felt I just needed to be submissive. Until, you know, I started reading the scriptures and learned from other pastors. And I didn't fight against it, I just left. But it, it happens. And so the admonishing comes from the word of God and the wisdom. Paul said, hey, share. Share with love and grace. With love and grace. It's the way the Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit teaches us with love and grace. And we learn because, listen, I love you. I'm only telling you this because I love you. I've, there's been times, even in this fellowship, where I had to sit down and talk to people because, you know, it's obvious. It only wasn't affecting me. It was affecting church, affecting others. And I had to speak with them. And instead of taking the rebuke, I didn't yell at them. I didn't point the finger at them. I didn't, I didn't have an angry face. I shared them with love. And they get upset and say, hey, what do you want me to do? I only shared. Being faithful to the Lord. And this is what we need to do. Verse 13, it says, And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Esteem them very highly in love for their works, not to worship them highly in love because of their title and their personality. I know that that's the, that's the work of the flesh where leaders want people to love them, respect their title and their personalities, and, and they want that to be admired. I think it's, it's who you are in Christ and how much you labor, how much you show uh, that you are a leader by loving the people and caring for people. I'm Pastor Eddie Pinero has been digging into the book of 1 Thessalonians with us here on Running the Race. There's much more to learn from this New Testament letter, but our time has come to an end for today. Before we go, we'd like to invite you to visit our website to hear more messages from Pastor Eddie. Head over to runningtheraceradio.com. There, you'll also find a link to our podcast where you can subscribe to receive up-to-date messages each time they're available. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, why not come be a part of our weekly worship service? 
We gather each Sunday at 10 a.m. for Bible study, worship, and getting to know each other better. Find more information at runningtheraceradio.com. If you're in a place of blessing due to this radio ministry, and you'd like to know how you could partner with us, we'd gladly accept your support. Here's Jessica to tell you more. Prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience and that what's shared will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program, and we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com. We hope you'll join us again next time, right here on Running the Race.